Welcome to the Conceive Baby podcast, where we give you access to leading international fertility experts across all aspects of fertility and preconception health to help you conceive and carry a healthy baby. Here's your host, natural fertility specialist and Conceive Baby founder, Tasha Jennings. Hi, and welcome to the second in our Conceive Baby webinar series. My name's Tasha Jennings, founder of Conceive Baby. For those of you who weren't with us last time, I'm a naturopath, nutritionist, and author. My background is in clinical practice, uh, product and program development, as well as writing, training, and presenting. I write and provide expert comment for various media publications, um, including The Herald Sun, The Age, um, New Idea, Mouth of Mums, The Bub Hub, as well as other parenting uh, magazines and websites, and pharmaceutical and medical journals. My first book was The Vitamins Guide, which you may recognize from the Conceived Baby website. That was published in 2013 and is now in its third reprint. Uh, the Vitamins Guide is available throughout Australia, uh, the UK, Canada and the US and, of course, on the Conceived Baby website shop. My second book was The Fertility Diet, which, again, you will hopefully recognize uh, from the Conceived Baby website and hopefully you've grabbed your own free introduction to The Fertility Diet. The fertility diet really epitomizes where my personal passion lies. For the past five years, I've specialized in fertility, preconception, and pregnancy. And my reason for specializing in this area was a selfish one, really. Uh, we were wanting to fall pregnant and having difficulty. So what started out as a small personal project to help us fall pregnant really turned into a career passion as I met with researchers both here and internationally and was really inspired by what I was discovering in relation to the role and the bioavailability of certain nutrients in fertility and preconception as well as the long-term health of the developing baby. And that's how my company Zycia was born. And Zycia means life and is dedicated to promoting and supporting life in its earlier stages through optimal pre- and postnatal nutrition. And the prenatal supplement, Zycia Natal Nutrients, was designed to specifically support that journey from preconception all the way through to pregnancy and breastfeeding. And more recently, to further support couples on that journey to pregnancy, um, which is really my passion, I developed their Conceived Baby website, which is what you see today. Again, this was based on my own fertility experience. I guess having a background in health and nutrition and with my husband being a cardiologist, we were fortunate enough to have access to, I guess, the information as well as the medical contacts that meant our fertility journey was relatively short compared to many couples that I do speak with. And we are now blessed with two beautiful children, photos of whom you will see scattered across the Conceived Baby website, including the uh, big baby banner photo of my gorgeous son, Jonah, and probably the family shots that you can see behind me here. My aim for uh, Conceived Baby was really to bring together a team of specialists across all aspects of fertility and preconception, to really give everyone access to the uh, type of information and contacts that we were lucky enough to have during our fertility journey. And a really great member of that expert panel that I'm proud to have on board is Rebecca Winkler. Rebecca is a qualified naturopath 
and GAPS practitioner with 11 years clinical experience. She runs her busy practice, um, Tree of Life, Health and Fertility, in Janjuk in Victoria, which is a beautiful place to be. And she's also a very busy mum to her two gorgeous boys, um, who are very similar ages to my own, two and five, I believe. Welcome on board, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Um, I just really want to say how, how lucky I think we are to have such a wonderful hub of information that you've pulled together um, because it can be a, such a daunting um, journey for many people and it's just so wonderful to have so much useful, helpful, up-to-date um, people's information you know, that people can then digest in their own time and, and read about and think about what's appropriate for them. Um, and what a resume. I didn't know you had done all of that stuff. Um, very impressive. Um, so I'm really wrapped to be asked to be part of the team, so to speak. So thank you. Oh, I'm wrapped to have you on board. It's, it's really great to have other people who are just as passionate about helping other couples during that journey um, and coming from a place of knowing what it's like yourself. I think the internet can Absolutely. be a really evil place. It's got so much information. You think, great, everything I want to know is here. But yeah. then to that, what is the most accurate information and hopefully Conceive Vape will help to filter yeah. that down and make sure people are getting that credible information. Yeah, I think it's a really good point because, you know, the internet is so wonderful because we can we can literally get access to anything that we want really in terms of information, but it is also a bit of a minefield. You know, you don't quite know what's right, what's not right, and mostly I think what's right for you because, you know, the thing that I think as naturopaths we value so highly above all else is that we treat individuals. We don't treat conditions. You know, we treat people with conditions and there is such a diversity of um, treatment options and, um, you know, what, what somebody will need for endometriosis will be completely different to somebody else. So I think, yes, information is wonderful, but having the right people on your team to guide you through what is very daunting and complex um, is so important and just, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Someone else does that bit for you. Absolutely. Getting the expert help is, is absolutely paramount in this, this yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we can help to some distill some of that uh, confusing information that's out there today. And I guess today we're talking about a topic that, that may not be out there as much in relation to fertility at least. Um, creating fertile soil is obviously um, what our webinar is called today and particularly focusing on gut health and that fertile soil in the gut. And, yeah, people might think, okay, we don't actually create babies in our tummies. Um, no. <laughs> so, so what has gut health got to do with fertility and why is it so important during that preconception period? You know, what are we talking about when we mean so fertile soil? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I guess the concept of creating fertile soil is really about creating an environment, preparing the environment um, for, you know, creating life, you know, and we want to be emphasising um, optimal nutrition before we go and make a baby and, and hope that, you know, we create healthy babies that are well. Um, so fertile soil is really about optimising, you know, both parents, not, not just mum, but both parents' gut and digestive function prior to conception so that we can you know, um, have optimum nutrition um, in both bodies because, you know, that moment of conception is incredibly important. We're creating your child's DNA. 
you know, so um, good preparation is just invaluable. And I guess specifically why the gut um, as opposed to you know, talking about other nutrients or something like that. Um, you know, the gut's an incredibly diverse place. Um, and, you know, it is so important for so many things in our body. We absorb and assimilate nutrients. We detoxify waste out of our body. Um, you know, and I think the world that we live in at the moment is pretty toxic. You know, we can't get away from a lot of those influences on our gut. You know, we, we can control for the most part what we eat, although that can be tricky as well. Um, but there are so many other things um, and sometimes unavoidable things that can heavily impact that gut function. And when we think about why the gut is so important, you know, 70 to 80% of our immune function is in our gut. And the immune system is incredibly important when we're talking about um, pregnancy and fertility. So that's a small part of it. You know, there's so many other things to consider. But I guess fertile soil is about creating a good foundation because Metaphorically, we're building a house. Of course, we're building a baby, but every house needs to be built on good, solid base, you know, so we're not wobbling around and we're not worrying about when it gets windy and when we get sick and things like that. So good foundation to build on um, is just number one to me, I think. I think people do underestimate the gut health. I mean, we do actually, I guess, tolerate a lot of levels of, I'm sure everyone on a daily basis, bloating, digestive issues, just take a Zantac or, you know, take some antacid. But it's really um, good to find the cause of that issue because that is the first point of call of everything we put in our body, good or bad. And as you said, 70% of the immune system is there. Your body's got to decide, is this friend or foe when we put that in our body? Do we need to send it down one channel? What do we need to get out of it? Do we need to metabolize things? And, of course, even supplements. Um, it's all well and good all the nutrients being in the supplement but is your gut breaking it down and metabolizing that effectively and properly and of course yeah for preconception care that is is really paramount so and i guess the term we hear a lot when we talk about gut health is probiotics and i think it's all over tv you've got the little green you know sorry blue man's um running around <laughs> what is, do you do I explain to people what's what are prebiotics what are probiotics and how are they relevant and beneficial for us for our gut health? Yep. So, yep, we've definitely all seen a little ads, which is wonderful because I think that's created a lot of awareness and people, um, it's not a foreign concept to people anymore. You know, everybody's either on one or has been on one or has heard of one. Um, so I guess the concept of probiotic, probiotic is pro-life, right? So it's good stuff for our gut. Um, and of course, our gut is a very um, can be very rough terrain. So there is competition between the good and the bad bacteria. And obviously, what we want to do is maximise the good guys. They're on our side. Um, so you know, for lots of different reasons, as we sort of touched on earlier, a little bit with the, with the toxins and environmental exposures and things, we can also be exposed to a lot of um, parasites, infections. A lot of people, most people at some point in their life would have needed antibiotics for some reason or another. Um, so probiotic is about replenishing the lost good bacteria, I guess. Um, bacteria food. So a prebiotic is essentially their snack. So what sustains them? Um, which, you know, we need a fiber-rich diet. We need a diet that's low in refined sugars um, and, and lots of other things, but they're probably the two main ones. Um, possibly to something to discuss or differentiate is, you know, as you touched on earlier again, which is very pertinent, 
Supplements are amazing and I use supplements with every patient, but we've got to get the diet right, you know, in order to, order to maximise their absorption and so they can go and do the job that we um, want them to do. So taking a supplemental probiotic for most people is really necessary and I think too important to mention that there are so many different strains. You know, there's trillions and trillions of bacteria in our gut and they're not all just one type. So the more diverse your probiotic strains are, whether they're from a supplement, whether they're from fermented foods, which we might talk a little bit about, um, doesn't really matter, but we need to get both happening so that we can get as many different guys on that team as possible um, to maximise the overall microbiome, which is that whole environment of our gut. Yeah, and you, you touched on that there. I think because of, I guess, the ads on TV, uh, we, we naturally hear about you know plenty of yogurt with prebiotic or we take a supplement, but fermented foods is a, a relatively newer area. Um, you know, just explain how that differs from, from our yogurt sources. Absolutely. I think probably a couple of things to point out is the amount of good bacteria. Um, fermented foods are incredibly beneficial for our gut because that fermentation process is what creates these good bacteria. So I guess yogurt could be one for some people depending on your dairy tolerance. Um, typically a tub of yogurt might have you know, a billion good bacteria. In the scheme of things, to put that into some context, a probiotic capsule, um, most probiotic capsules would have about uh, 25 billion. So, you know, it, it's there but sometimes we need more. Um, other great foods which I really highly recommend for, for almost everybody is things like sauerkraut, um, you know, which is such a tradition, traditionally used cultural food in many countries and kind of back on the scene now, which is nice. Um, kefir, so you can have you know, coconut kefir, you can have water kefir, all sorts of kefir, um, again, just the process of fermentation. Um, things like kombucha, um, you know, and they can have a huge diversity of strains of bacteria, not just one or two, they might have 15 to 20. Um, for some people who require major gut re-inoculation and I say resuscitation, so bring their gut back to life, um, they might need somewhere in the vicinity of like 500 billion organisms a day for a little while to really get back to a level playing field. Um, and in saying that, you know, Food or food derived um, probiotics will generally always adhere a lot better to the gut lining. So they're going to hang around a little bit longer. So, yes to supplementation, but yes to always looking for that food source as well to complement that and create as many different things in that gut as they can. So is that something that people can just go away and start introducing into their diet? Um, and there's, I mean, yeah, there's different supplements. A kombucha is obviously a purchase supplement. Um, can you ferment food yourself? Or can we safely just go out and start introducing those foods into our diet? Mm, such a good question. Um, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that it's not going to do anything bad to you. Um, not dangerous in any way. But I would say go easy. Um, People's tolerance to fermented foods can be varied um, depending on the state of your gut in the first place. So if you come in in a bit of a bad way and the gut really needs a lot of work and we go pouring in a litre of kombucha and half a jar of sauerkraut a day, it's probably going to wreak a little bit of havoc in your gut because there's a lot of competition full of good to bad bacteria. We're killing off the bad bacteria 
and that creates what we know as die-off, which is basically we've slayed the bad guys. In their last dying effort, they release endotoxins, and that makes us feel pretty yuck. You know, we can get gassy, bloated, pains in the stomach. So, yes, they're safe, but I generally say to people, start slowly. You know, a teaspoon of crap, a sip of kefir, gauge your tolerance, and then you can kind of build up. Also, too, you know, somebody has a really poor reaction to fermented food. It gets me thinking, why? What's going on in there that they can't actually tolerate this? Um, is there an undiagnosed infection? You know, is there some underlying digestive issues that we haven't um, discovered or that haven't been assessed for? So everything's an answer. Nothing's bad. We always get information, and that is useful for us to build each person's little portfolio and their jigsaw puzzle. So I guess, I mean, the take-home message for most people is to start small and, and build up. Um, is there a way of knowing that our gut's bad? I mean, obviously, you know, some people, you know, get reflux. Um, are there certain symptoms that we go, okay, those would show or indicate to me that mm. I need gut support? Yeah. So generally with every patient, not just fertility patients, with every patient I'm mentally and, you know, also discussing a bit of a checklist with patients. So... I guess there are some really typical digestive symptoms that would get me thinking mm, something's not quite right there. And they would be you know, stuff we've all probably suffered at one point or another, bowels that are not happy or that are alternating diarrhea, constipation, or something different for you. You know, all of a sudden things are different. Um, we're looking at gut pain, you know, cramping, bloating, nausea after eating, um, all those sort of gut and digestive symptoms. But also, too, because the gut is so inherently linked to the immune system, other immune kind of considerations need to be taken into account. So when somebody comes in with a big allergy history, so, you know, hay fever, asthma, eczema, um, you know, really sensitive skin, really reactive to things, or conversely, they might just get everything under the sun. You know, get every sniffle, every gastro, every kind of cold going around. That tells me that their immune system's not happy. And why is that, you know? Is it a lack of nutrients? Is it the fact that their kind of, um, their, um, their orders are not doing their job properly and that's essentially in their gut? So they're kind of the symptoms that I guess I would look out for. In terms of assessment, that's a bit of a different thing. There can be questions that I will ask people, obviously. Um, there's also a lot of wonderful functional testing that we can do. Um, which I don't throw around willy-nilly, it's expensive, but when you take into account the valuable information you get out of some of those tests, you've got to weigh that up. You know, for three or $400, you can get an incredible amount of information from a stool sample, so to speak. I mean, they will break down, you know, your good bacteria levels, how much is in there. Is there anything parasitic, infectious, pathogenic in there that's actually pulling the tide the wrong way? So... Um, lots of things that we can do clinically, lots of things that we can do functionally as well through testing. Yeah, no, it is excellent to get, I guess, that, that information and what is going on in your gut specifically, um, which is great to see a practitioner like yourself. I guess as a take-home um, remedy, you can start slow and build up on those fermented foods. And the other thing that people think of, I guess, in relation to gut health is detox. And I know that's a term that almost naturopaths, I don't know if you're almost cringe at because I think it's, you've been given the wrong connotations um, lately. It does mean sort of a juice fast or just drink lemon liquid, which is a craze a few years ago that I saw through clinics. Um, but, yeah, well, what do you mean when you talk about a detox with your patients? Yeah. yeah. 
such a good point because, yes, the word detox conjures up some fear in most people. And normally how I would approach it with patients is, okay, look, I'm about to bring something up with you. Don't freak out on me. I'm going to explain the process. And I say, look, I really think you need to do some detoxification. And that doesn't mean juice diets and fasting. It doesn't mean, you know, crazy, um, you know, sad diets and things like that. Really, I guess two things, explaining why we detox and then explaining how I would implement a detox strategy for patients. So how I would do that is simple. You just really give the body the food and the nutrients that it needs. You know, it doesn't need preservatives, it doesn't need additives, it doesn't need caffeine, you don't need sugar. So all we're doing is kind of taking a load off the gut and off the digestion. So because it's not dealing with all these unnecessary things, it can focus on the job at hand, which is detoxifying and eliminating. That's how we do. We eat, we detoxify, we absorb, and we get it out. Um, but I think for lots of different reasons, whether that's, you know, not understanding what's good food, not understanding or having the time to prepare good food, right? That's a lot of the thing I see with patients is convenient. So um, they shudder at the thought of me saying, okay, how do you feel about cutting your coffee out? <laughs> people really recoil at that. So I'm not putting people on crazy diets. It's simple. It's whole foods. If they're not vegetarian, it's meat, eggs, fish, um, you know, prepared with beautiful fresh herbs and spices. It's Nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables. You know, it's not rocket science stuff. It's just simple, clean nutrition. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, that can be a small step or that can be like running a marathon. It's about identifying where people are at, what they need and how much hand-holding they need and how much information they need to actually get there because I think you and I are, well, I certainly feel like I'm in a bit of a bubble sometimes where I just forget what normal is. I feel like what my normal is, everyone's normal. It might not be the case. You know, people are used to toast for breakfast, sandwich for lunch, pasta for dinner, which is not unhealthy food. But, you know, when we're trying to detoxify and cleanse, you know, there are better things to do. So that's kind of what I would do, read detox with patients. A lot of the time that would also be, you know, some specific nutrients and amino acids, herbs to be promoting gently, promoting our detoxification pathways in the liver, but not always. Um, there can be financial constraints, there can be, you know, hesitation from some people, um, medications can sometimes be a barrier. Um, and the reasons why I would detoxify or suggest a cleanse or suggest cleaning things up a little bit generally um, is purely and simply because we live in a really toxic world and we, and we really can't get away from a lot of these things. You know, our foods are just jam-packed with, you know, rubbish, let's be honest. It's sugars, preservatives and synthetic ingredients. You know, we're not living whole food lives anymore and that is a bit of a reflection of how busy we are, things that have become a lot more convenient and losing touch just with the day-to-day, -day, um, you know, functions of the kitchen. You know, people don't hand-make things anymore. They don't make their pasta sauce. They buy it in a jar and that makes me sad. Anyway, another topic. Um, so it's really to promote and eliminate the type of accumulation of, of lots of things, you know, in the body. Um, the liver has an incredibly important job to do when it comes to balancing and metabolizing hormones. Um, and if the liver is too busy doing something else because you had a big night on the weekend or, 
you know, every single meal comes out of a heated plastic container out of the microwave, you've got other jobs to do. So, you know, the hormones come down on the priority list. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have to be that you're incredibly unhealthy. It's just that we live in a pretty, pretty toxic world, unfortunately. You're right. I think I think the, the the word toxins has again it similar to detox has scary connotations, but we are just exposed to a lot more chemicals than we were. And I know I don't know if you get asked, but I often get told, well, my my grandmother didn't need to take supplements. My grandmother didn't need to detox. She just got pregnant and it was all wonderful. And yes, your grandmother probably was walking down to local farmers market, or better still, had her silver beet in the backyard and was cooking everything mm. homemade and fresh. And she was probably getting plenty of vitamin D from sunlight. We just aren't getting those things these days, and so. Our gut yeah. as healthy and, and as you touched on I think people don't realize how much our gut plays a role in our hormone production as, as well so it, it is I guess the fundamental root um, of, of everything um, and as you probably know my, my motto is being the best mum starts well before birth we really need to start looking at these things before we uh, fall pregnant and that's why I guess I love conceived baby as my you know you're already pregnant and it's great when you can really nourish you're already nourishing all the genetic material that has the potential to become your future child. So yeah. I guess it's what uh, in the fertility diet I'm really passionate about, those 90 days prior to conception when you're really nurturing and nourishing that egg, that's where your gut health plays such a, a, a big role. Absolutely. It's funny, I was just reading a, um, a study this morning actually, just um, getting prepared for today, and they were talking about how how drastically in the Western world our gut microbiome has changed dramatically um, and they were hypothesising that, you know, we live in such a, I guess, sterile environment, so to speak, in terms of you know, hand sanitation and worrying about germs and not wanting to get sick, that that could possibly be um, relatively detrimental to the diversity of the microbiome and not to get too complex, but, you know, we are also seeing um, correlations with increasing autoimmune diseases and, you know, I, I would honestly say this is not an overestimation, but something like, you know, 20, 30% of women that I'm seeing at the moment have some sort of autoimmune disease, which is amazingly sad. You know, I'm seeing Hashimoto's disease, which is um, autoimmune thyroid disease, a lot because it can impact fertility. Um, you know, I'm seeing, you know, young women with rheumatoid arthritis and, you know, children with, you know, all sorts of things coming in and it just gets me thinking, you know, we didn't have these things 50 years ago. We did, but perhaps just not to the huge extent that we have now. And what are the factors in, in that? And the microbiome has been heavily, heavily implicated um, in those autoimmune processes because, you know, brings into um, conversation that concept of the leaky gut, which I don't know whether you want to talk about today, but um, certainly leaky gut is really intrinsically linked with the development of autoimmune conditions, which affect a lot of um, couples trying to conceive, male and female. Absolutely. I guess we'll just touch on that, but I guess leaky gut is just a, a really bad bad gut, so it's been, you know, yeah. one of the better terms, but there are people that are reaching that point and a lot of people who are struggling with fertility obviously have those sort of issues um, going on. So it is really important, as you, as you said, to really focus on that gut health as, as one of our number one priorities. 
And I think in fertility, we get so wrapped up in hormones and medications and IVF and even stress to a certain extent we're not quite aware of. And that also plays an important role in the our microbiome as well. But I think we do forget our gut as, as the, the core of, of what we're trying to, trying to do and what we're trying to achieve yeah. in hormones. Yes, definitely. You know, we learn in college that when in doubt, treat the gut, you know, or that um, the Hippocrates have said that, you know, all disease begins in the gut, you know. Um, I know that's a sweeping statement, but I guess it just emphasises the huge role and importance that the gut has on our overall health, you know, and I think it's, you know, you said earlier it's, it's absolutely important that we balance hormones and that we test hormones and we in, you know, the body cycle is only 24 days and it should be 28. And, you know, we're going down those pathways. We're always coming back to, you know, well, we need nutrients to nourish those pathways. Where are these nutrients and why are they void? Um, and I also talk a lot about the concept of the tree with my patients. So, you know, every person's body is a tree. You know, we've got roots in the ground. We've got soil that nourishes those roots. We've got a trunk. We've got our, you know, branches and we've got our leaves. And often I'll talk to people about, you know, at the moment we're treating the leaves. We're just treating the symptoms to try and dampen things down a bit. But what we really want to be constantly focusing on are the roots and the soil. You know, what actually is nourishing your body from the ground up? You know, don't worry about fussing around with Band-Aid treatment. You know, they can help short-term, yes, but... How far are we actually going to get if we're not looking at really core drivers for people's, um, you know, unwellness, I guess? I think that's that, it's that symptomatic treatment that we've become accustomed to. And I, I know a lot of um, people that I used to see really don't even... Sorry. <laughs> My home phone ringing. That's all right. It's okay to ignore that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Probably a, um, yeah, it'll stop. Sorry, I want to get up and go and turn it off. Okay, we're good to go. <laughs> the beauty of doing something live, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, obviously really live, really personal. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think the symptomatic treatment is, is what we've become accustomed to and I think a lot of people do ignore digestive issues. If we've got heartburn, we take an antacid. If we've, we've got a bit of a bloated gut, we just sort of take some, I don't know, enos. My dad used to always live off yeah. and those sort of things. We get so used to treating symptomatically that I think especially in fertility and I think maybe people are even struggling with those symptoms now and ignoring them, those are symptoms we shouldn't ignore. Those are symptoms that do mean something's not going on right in your body. And it is, that's the most important house your baby will ever have. I love your analogy before about creating a home um, as well as creating a baby, and that's really what preconception is all about. I'm always amazed. People spend months, weeks decorating, painting the nursery once they are pregnant for the baby's arrival, but, but really the most important, I guess, home your baby will ever have or nursery is the one inside you, and that's what, I guess, preconception health, and that's what we're talking about today, that gut health. Um, yeah. It's all about is creating that great environment to not only enable the fertilization to happen in the first place, um, because yeah. you know that that can be a, a big factor. You're not even enabling that fertilization to take place, but also to carrying that pregnancy and, and sustaining that pregnancy. Um, you really need that beautiful um, environment and to create the healthy baby. I mean, we'll yeah. touch. Thing. I mean, we're probably getting carried away today, but even as I think we discussed prior to this, 
this can have implications on, you know, the allergy and disease predisposition for your baby as well. Um, the microbiome that you have in your body um, prior to and during pregnancy when you are developing and nurturing that DNA. Yeah, absolutely. I heard a beautiful quote a couple of months ago and it stuck with me so much. You know, as the mother, you are the seed and the soil of your baby. You know, you, yes, you're creating this um, embryo out of an egg and sperm, but the soil is what is going to nourish that embryo and to make um, this beautiful baby. And, you know, I think another really good point, and I don't want to be getting too off topic, but, you know, so often when I see patients, um, you know, we're focused on, I just need to get pregnant, just need to get pregnant. And, you know, we also need to have a healthy pregnancy and be, you know, nourishing and sustaining it for the term, you know, because there's nothing more heartbreaking than um, supporting or counselling patients in miscarriage. It just makes me emotionally thinking about it, you know. It's awful. So, you know, you really, really need to emphasise the importance of nourishing as much as you can prior so that all the work is done, you know. And then if you get some funny cravings or you go off healthy food for a couple of weeks, you know, you're okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I, I, can, I can relate to that. I just want to be pregnant now because I was one of those people and I just, I know, and I, I know better. <laughs> but it is, it is, you really do need to create that environment and Without that, um, you just don't know, yeah, how the fertilisation, how the pregnancy is going to go. So just take that time and even generally, like it's, I don't know about you with patients, but generally it can be even be a few months. It doesn't need to be, you know, 12 months time. You can start trying again. But um, just those few months to really dedicate to creating that home can really have significant benefits, not only to conceiving, but to creating a really healthy, beautiful, beautiful baby. Absolutely, and just reducing the risks that can happen with pregnancy, you know. So, you know, there's an element of, of, you know, things will be out of our control and you just can't quite predict what's going to happen for everybody. But, you know, if you can feel like you've done everything you possibly could, then fate will kind of take its course, you know, and you can't you know, look back and wish you did something different or, um, you know, you just know that you've done everything that you can and, um, you know, then things will unravel how they're supposed to be. I think that's the thing. I think knowing you've done everything and that's a, there are so many variables in why people can't conceive and why people miscarry that we're not saying this is the, the cure uh, by any means, but there are so many things that we can tick off and this is one of them. All of these yeah. things can improve your chances, lessen your risk. So anything that we can tick a box and go, yep, that's going to uh, work our way towards a healthy baby, then that, that's a really good step. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Well, I know we could probably talk forever on this topic and there probably is another yeah. another webinar in, in, in this in, in general, but um, we'll wrap it up today. I just want to wrap it up again. Thanks so much for taking um, time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. I hope everyone's really in, enjoyed the webinar. And make sure to look around the Conceived Baby website. We do have the directory there as well because um, it's all well and good getting the information uh, from Conceived Baby and we do try to provide as much up-to-date, credible information as we can. But there's also the directory there where you can seek professional advice in your local area from uh, fabulous people like Rebecca um, who can help to support you and hold your hand through the entire journey. Um, so I jump on there as well. Thanks so much for your time, Rebecca. Thank you, Thank you so much. It's been been really fun actually I think like you said we could talk all day and there's probably lots of other topics we could do but um it's been great thank you for inviting me excellent well we'll see you again soon then okay bye